0: All right. Well, good morning. As Ben said, my name is Tyler Vandeventer. I'm the director of outreach here at Rockingham Christian Church, and I have uh, uh, the great privilege of sharing with you this morning some thoughts about uh, how we can impact kids and students here at RCC. But before we go any further, I just want to pray, and then we'll go into God's Word. So let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for this time that we get to spend uh, learning about your truths God, I ask that you would, you would move through me, that you would communicate everything you're desiring for us to hear this morning, and that you would put far out of my words and uh, my voice to anything that you are not wanting to be communicated here this morning. God, once again, we thank you for today and just this opportunity to be here gathered together so we could learn more about who you are and how that matters to our lives. And we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. So we're in the second series, uh, or the second week of a series we're calling Our House. Uh, The theme and and idea behind this series is to talk about how each room in our house represents a different relationship in our life, and with this, we've had a theme verse that we've been talking about, Proverbs 24, verses 3 through 4, and I want to read this aloud together, so let's read. By wisdom, a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures." This series is meant to show us how God's wisdom, his understanding, and his knowledge can help us build those rare and beautiful relationships in our life. And last week, Ben kicked us off by using the front door, using the front door to talk about boundaries in our lives, not just with family members, but with our friends, our coworkers, our acquaintances, with complete strangers. And this week, I want to take a look at the kids' room and see how we as a church can help kids and students here at RCC become all that God has created them for, all that God designed for their life and how we can help them pursue that with everything that they are. So, as I was preparing for this morning, I scoured the internet for some tried and true parenting advice cuz I'll just let the cat out of the bag, I'm not a parent. So, some of this might seem a little bit weird to you, but Google has some great information about parenting advice and It takes us back to a time that some would refer to the good old days, a time when life was simpler, less complicated, because that's when parenting was at its finest, right? No social media, no Google, and in my research, I found some of the best parenting advice to be in some old advertisements. So let's take a look at uh, this timeless truth that we find. Start Cola earlier. For a better life, start Cola earlier. What better way than to start your infant off by filling their bellies with processed sugar, right? Or how about this one? Kids need the energy candy gives them. And it says right on the bottom there, here's why smart mothers buy candy in cellophane. That's good common sense, right? <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I tried as a kid to convince my mom of this. Uh, uh, one, uh, two more for us. How television benefits your children. So uh, apparently the science is wrong, giving your kid an iPad right off the bat, great idea. (laughs) And the last one, probably my favorite, just because of my personality. Beneficial to young and old, cultivate the Rainer beer habit. So young and old, give your kid a beer, they're good to go. (laughs) Now, this stuff is hard to imagine, right? Now, I, we can all we can go around the room and we all agree that this is not good parenting advice. Even I can tell that not having kids. In fact, I th- think this advice is probably a little crazy. Uh, so how about instead we look to God's wisdom in the Bible to direct us and guide us today. So today we're talking about the kids' room. I need you to understand that today's not just for parents. I, I'm going to go as far to say that if you don't have kids, I need you to tune in that much more to what we're talking about this morning, but when it comes to godly wisdom, there's a famous verse in Proverbs in, in chapter 22 that gets quoted all the time when it regards to kids, and let's read it. You can pick it up on page 447 in the Bibles around you, 22, verse 6. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Now, how many of you have heard some version of this verse before in your life? Show of hands. Okay. Okay. This wise advice to challenge us to be intentional about how we invest in the lives of children during their formative years, but what we have to remember about this wisdom is that it's a proverb and not a promise. Yes, it's our responsibility uh, to look to God for wisdom when it comes to raising kids, but there are no guarantees, there's no certainties that kids will choose the way they ought to go. However, I think that there are steps that we can take to put them on a better path to finding the way they ought to go. So we're going to take a look at an encounter that Jesus had with his followers and some children. We're going to look at a story from the book of Mark in chapter 9. And as Jesus and his disciples were traveling from place to place, they stopped in a town called Capernaum, and Jesus finds uh, his closest followers in an argument argument about which of them is the greatest. And I can imagine Jesus is rolling his eyes at this point because they just didn't understand. He had already talked to them about this. And on page 690 in the Bibles around you, we pick up in Mark 9 verse 35. We read, sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me but the one who sent me. So his closest followers are arguing among amongst themselves who's the greatest and Jesus turns the tables and says the path to greatness is to welcome a child in my name and you have to understand in Jesus's day children were completely marginalized they had no power they had no status they had few if any rights children were viewed as far less important than adults a father had so much power over his child that he could literally choose to call it his own and raise the child or cast it aside and I see some parents right now No, you can't cast your children aside. It's hard for us to comprehend this attitude towards children because it's completely different in our age and our culture right now. And it's not that parents didn't care about the kids back then. It's just that childhood wasn't considered an honored stage of life. It was looked at as a training ground for adulthood. And so Jesus places a young child in front of his disciples and says, you want to be great? You wanna know what greatness looks like? It's not about power, it's not about position. This is what it's about. You welcome and make, room for children in your life, that's what it looks to be great. I want you to be the kind of people who welcome little ones like these. That's what Jesus is saying to his disciples. So let's take a look at what it means to welcome a kid in your life. I want to look at what it looks like to embrace children. One way is to simply embrace a kid in your life. I love how this passage says in, in verse 36, taking the child in his arms. This was more than just just a physical affection hug that Jesus gave him. Jesus was making a point about the significance that children would play in his life and his kingdom. He was saying that children need to be a priority for his followers. They're not just an interruption or a life enhancement. They need our full attention. And notice who Jesus is talking to here. He's talking to his disciples, his followers. His message wasn't just for the parents, and the story doesn't even tell us if this kid's parent was there. We all have a responsibility to embrace our role when it comes to children. And in the book written by Kara Powell, she's the director of the Fuller Institute of Youth at Fuller Seminary out in California, she explains that it's crucial for kids to have other adults than their parents uh, as people of influence in their life. In fact, research shows that kids need on average about five other adults in their life, giving them positive influence. Powell calls it the five to one ratio. And I want to share a video from a family here at RCC who has embraced this principle so well. And they're going to tell their story about how it's impacted them and impacted their kids. So let's take a look at this video together.
1: I'm Mike Convey. This is my wife, Michelle. Um, we've been going to RCC for a uh, Close to 10 years now, I guess? Okay, yeah. yeah. You know, we came here specifically for youth group. I mean, that was one of the biggest things that we were missing in our last church. Uh, And in my search for a church, um, we discovered RCC and and found out about their their youth group here. Um, And it was really important for us to get get involved with that because uh, we had a 12-year-old daughter at the time who who really needed something. You know, and coming coming to RCC, we were able to get her involved with other adults uh, it's really important you know being parents we can't do it all uh, it takes a village to raise kids so we reached out and, and looked for other adults in the church to actually be part of our kids lives and um, it, it was it was critically important because there's things that our daughter wouldn't have talked to us about
2: and even though our <coughs> daughter is a senior in college we are still seeing the church community here affect her in Connecticut because she gets little surprises in the mail from somebody here representing RCC. And that makes Emma feel good. It makes her feel like, I'm not forgotten. Um, I still have a church family. Um, in a time where maybe she's not as involved in church anymore, it's still that little, you know, God's here for you. Um, don't forget that relationship and we're not so great at talking to her about going to church and maybe how her walk is now, but we still got this village around us who's um, reaching out their arms to her and I am not perfect. I'm far from it and thank, thank God there are other people that have the things that I need supplements, you know, it's no different than vitamin C or vitamin D. I need all the people in my life and my kids' lives that can supplement with me because I can't be everything for them. They would be really screwed up if it was all on me.
1: It's all about broadening your circle, right, and, and that circle of influence on your kids. It's not just about what you do, it's about all the people around them as well. So getting other um, you know, getting other Christian grown-ups into their lives is, is really important
2: so the reason I feel student ministry is important for our kids is because um, lots, of, lots of different reasons one is my journey and my relationship with Jesus and God is up and down all the time and it's one way for my kids to have their own journey someplace they can go to every week and explore their relationship with God but also have peer support um, play like kids and have fun and build bonds have volunteer opportunities Um, and it's important too because my kids don't listen to me so there's other adults that they're surrounded with at youth group that are most likely saying the same things we're saying and has the same moral code and life code, and they're definitely much more likely to listen to them than
1: they are to me. Um, so for me, student ministry, it, it means a lot to me because it's something that I grew up with. Um, my, my mom started a youth group at our church. That's something I grew up with, uh, and I fell away from the church for a while, but I knew once I got back involved, I wanted to be involved with student ministry, and I wanted that for my kids. Um, And it's been really kind of fun because you know like I said Emma was Emma was 12 when she started getting involved here Uh, But Sophie got to watch that from being a small child Um, And she wanted that too, you know as she saw what Emma got and and was able to experience and and take part in Sophie wanted to do that too so in in beyond that Sophie has then gone and invited a lot of friends uh, herself and the small group she has in, in youth group today is is mostly made up of people that Sophie brought in. So it's kind of it's kind of contagious, you know. Um, once you experience it, you want to pass it on, and I've seen my kids do do that as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. So it's it's awesome to see. That families here have, have embraced children and impacted students like the Convy children, and you see, as a church, we're committed to something called the Orange Philosophy. We believe in the church parenting with or partnering with parents to disciple their kids. You see, on, on average, the church gets about 40 hours a year with a child or a student, and and on average, parents and direct family members get about 3,000 hours with a kid or a student throughout the year, so orange does the most it can to get the most out of the 3,040 hours. Now, while we believe in this philosophy fully, we fully believe in Powell's five to one ratio philosophy as well, and, and growing up, there are a few school teachers that I could tell you about that I had in school, but in particular, there's one I had in elementary school, Mrs. Paquette, that I could tell you over and over about. I had Mrs. P for kindergarten, second, and third grade, You see, Mrs. Paquette took a special interest in me and another kid that had her all those years. And she would do special projects with us. Uh, She even spent time with us outside of school. And I know that that sounds pretty unusual, but I'll never forget the time I got to go to Mrs. P's house, hang out with her and her husband, and make maple syrup, tap the maple trees, and then make maple syrup candy. And why did I tell this story? Because as a kid, we, we know that our parents are supposed to pay attention to us, right? But when someone else does it, I, I believe it has an exponential impact. When, when you allow yourself or your kid to be impacted by five other adults, or you choose to be one of the five adults impacting kids, I believe that the impact left is lifelong and exponential. and it not only means a lot to the child, it's going to mean a lot to the parent of those children that you're embracing as well. So here's a challenge about embracing the opportunity to impact a child. Be one of the five. You see, we've got a stellar Kids Rock ministry, and their volunteer team is always ready and willing to welcome more volunteers to impact the kids here at RCC on Sunday morning. Our student ministry team would love to have you be a group leader, an event coordinator. Maybe you just want to lead some games some silliness if you caught our crazy rock paper scissors shoot on wednesday night that was super fun thanks trevor or let's go outside the church maybe your kid plays rec sports or travel sports even you could coach your kid's sports team and then you get to impact a bunch of other kids who aren't even here yet maybe you want to serve as the the adult sponsor for a club that your kid wants to start at school and then again you get to impact kids who aren't even here yet You could be somebody who inspires a kid that they could be a future artist, an accountant, archaeologist. Is is there any other careers that begin with A? (laughs) Air traffic controller. Another way we could welcome kids the way Jesus did is to understand them. To be a positive influence in a child's life takes more than just our time, it also requires understanding the phases of a child's life, the seasons that they go through. And I would go as far as we have to understand the current culture that kids are growing up in right now. There are questions that kids ask at every phase of life, and at the center of all those questions is the word I, because kids are constantly forming their identity. So for preschoolers, uh, a big invisible question that they're asking are questions like, am I safe? Am I okay? Am I able? Am I throwing a great tantrum right now? We can help preschoolers develop a sense of security and confidence by setting safe boundaries, affirming their good choices, celebrating their accomplishments. It could be as simple as celebrating when they set the table learning to ride the tricycle, or just being a good friend. We need to affirm them in very specific ways. Notice the skills that took considerable effort for them to acquire. For elementary school kids, they might be asking questions like, am I worthy of your attention? Do I have what it takes? Do I have any friends? And in this phase, we, we need to affirm what they're interested in. This means that we have to put away our smartphones, we have to turn off our television, and we have to really get to know a child, looking for ways to broaden their knowledge and their curiosity. So if a kid really loves sports, go to the library, read every book you can find about that sport. Even better, play the sport with them. They're going to love being better than you at it. If you know a child who enjoys cooking, pull them into the kitchen while you make dinner. Look for a new recipe that you guys could make for the very first time together. Maybe you could even sign up for a cooking class. The key to elementary students is to show interest in what they're interested in. And and once kids get to middle school, we like to call these the awkward years. They were sure my awkward years. They start asking a little bit more philosophical questions. Questions like, who am I? Who do I like? Where do I belong? In the middle school years, they bring about a lot of change. That's why they're the awkward years. You change physically, you change emotionally, and most of the time you also change socially. More than ever, Middle school kids need adults to show up in a consistent manner in their lives to help them navigate and discover their potential in all that change. You see, my mom, uh, growing up, connected with us real well in these years while we were in the car. Me and my little sister were only 14 months apart, and between the two of us, almost all school year long, we had a sport practice or dance class at some point after school, so we spent a lot of time in the car. And she had this weird way of always getting us to give up the information that she wanted, even though we didn't want to give it up. And she would help us understand that when she made us give up that information, she wasn't just seeking the information, she was seeking to understand us so she could be a better mom to us. Just as Jesus seeks us out to understand us and what we're going through so that he can have more of an impact on our lives and on our kids' lives. And you see, dinner is another great way that we connected as a family growing up. And studies show that Families who eat together, kids are less likely to develop habits and hang-ups that ultimately lead them astray from God. And the University of Michigan has found that the amount of mealtime kids share with their families is the single strongest predictor of high academic achievement. And if your kid doesn't get straight A's, eating family together consistently is not going to change that. The problem is probably hereditary. Some, um, (laughs) Some of my best memories growing up Uh, around a a dinner table having meals with my family. And and when I was a kid, my parents really made this a priority in between all of the sports practices and the dance classes. Every time we got a chance, we had a meal together. And I'm so thankful for that because it's set me uh, uh, an example for, by God's grace, when my wife and I choose, if we wanna have kids, to set that example for my kids. And if you're not a parent like me, there is still an opportunity here. Uh, look for ways to get to know a kid uh, uh, to better understand their world. Maybe you could take a middle schooler out for ice cream. You could go to a concert or even just listening to some mainstream music so you have a, a topic of conversation with a kid. Work on a project together or you could come to work camp Northeast with us. You could serve in our student ministry a, as a group leader or event coordinator, like I've said, and if you serve on a team here at RCC, I need you to hear this point. Who's a kid you know here at RCC who could be serving with you right now? Who's a kid that you could ask to serve in the role that you're serving in alongside of you every time you serve so that they see that model for for them? Ask questions when you serve with them about their interests, about activities that they do, about their friends. Affirm them when you know that they've made good choices and don't lose it on them when you don't agree with the choices they made. But that's when we get to gently and carefully explain why we don't agree and why they might choose something different the next time. And and here's the payoff of all this. If you take the time to invest at all these stages in a kid's life, when they get to those teenage high school years, you might be one of those respected adults that they actually listen to. And they might feel comfortable asking the questions that come up in a high school teenager's life. Questions like, why should I believe? How can I matter? What will I do? You see, kids in this phase act often like they don't need you much, but when they do need you, they need you now. Parents, small group leaders, teachers, coaches, employers, you will be the person in a teenager's life that they feel comfortable and underst- They, you feel Or sorry, they feel like you understand them. Sorry, I'm getting excited. So listen, ask, get good questions to students, to kids. Affirm their journey during those crucial teenage years. But did you hear that? We have to listen to them. We can't just dismiss what they're saying because we don't agree with it. Kids now are living in such a different time than you and I did. High school is exponentially different even from when I attended it and I'm only 25. Listening to the kids that I coach explain what goes on in school and what's allowed by the school right now scares me to death personally because it's so counter what I grew up with in high school. Listening to them is the only way that we have a chance at any of this. If we wanna positively impact and embrace kids to be committed followers of Jesus Christ, we have to listen to them. And the final way I wanna talk about that can help us impact kids is to model your faith. Kids in every phase of life need to see firsthand the truth, the grace, and the hope that comes with a relationship that, with Jesus Christ. And how they see adults living this out will have a much greater impact than any words we could ever speak. Again, reinforcing that listening attitude, creating a do as I do, not a do as I say relationship. You see, Jesus said in Matthew verse 5, verse 16, let your shi- light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Kids need to see their parents and other adults growing in their faith. They need to see us modeling, talking to God through prayer, reading the scriptures, and and being generous towards God and one another. And why is it important? That last phrase of, of verse 16, and glorify your Father in heaven. All of this results in them giving glory to God. One of the best places a kid might see your faith in action is right here. Actually, when we gather together, they see us celebrating God through worship and prayer. They see us understanding God through biblical teaching. They learn of the import. They learn the importance of Christian community when we engage in small groups. And come February, it's our hope here that 100 percent or almost 100 percent of adults here at RCC are engaged in a small group. It's so important for kids to see adults serving and giving back to god never underestimate the power of your kids seeing you live out your faith and never underestimate it if you don't have kids the power of other people's kids seeing you live out your faith and and one of the best ways to model this as a family is to make sunday morning gathering a priority this was something that was a priority for my parents and, and i gotta tell you as your friend once a month doesn't cut it and this isn't because I'm super interested in growing the attendance numbers. This is about you growing as a family spiritually, and it's not just for your own kids like we've been talking about. It's so that other families and other families' kids see other families engaging in the Word and in worship, and they want to be a part of it. You see, my parents embraced this philosophy of letting other in adults influence my life. And I tell you quite tru- truthfully, I don't think I would be here without it. Uh, their investment and influence alongside of my parents it is some of the main reasons I stayed connected to a faith in Jesus Christ. The relationships that I formed through youth group, through my teachers, through other adults like my parents' small group that let me engage in their small group, th- they'll have exponential impact when you choose To impact a child so just imagine if we all decided today right now to welcome a child into our lives that god has placed there can you imagine how different our world could be if each of us valued our kids by embracing them seeking to understand them and modeling a christ-like faith for them i truly believe that we could change the world in a single generation and, and that's what's at stake today as we talk about the kids room so as we pray What can you do? What's something that you can do to impact a child in in your life? And I believe by the power power of prayer and petition and thanksgiving to God that we can impact a whole generation by embracing them, understanding them, and modeling our faith for them. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you so much for this opportunity to uh, hear about the kids' room, hear about what your word says about how you want us to care for kids. God, thank you so much for the people you placed in my life Uh, as I was a kid, to influence me so that I would stay connected and be here on November 11th, 2018, getting to share about how you impacted me through other people that weren't my parents. God, we're so thankful. God, you're so great. And we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen.